Welcome everyone to Sit, Start, Drink. My name is Eric and with me are my co-hosts and good friends, Nizi and Kaz. This is a beer review show where we mostly talk about fantasy football. This week is Thanksgiving and although this has been a strange and difficult year for many, we hope that everyone gets to see or talk to their family and loved ones safely. And in the spirit of the holidays, today's beer is Crambiscus. It's a cranberry and hibiscus ale from Mars Brewing. Kind of a play on Krampus with the artwork. It's, uh, it's looking really cool, but we will get into the full beer review later. Without further ado, let's dive into the fantasy and sit, start, drink. We're going to open up with the recaps. Uh, the first game on Thursday was the Seahawks and Cardinals. So that was quite a game. Yeah, Kyler Barley was looking pretty good. Uh, Russell Wilson was looking slightly worse, but still great. Uh, do we have any I love for Carlos Hyde? I think he's Before the guy. We talk about Carlos Hyde, I'm going to flip that and say that Kyler Murray was not looking as comfortable and that Russell Wilson was looking like it was a jump back game because he was pretty on fire and Kyler Murray looked like he was really dealing with that shoulder injury. Just Honestly, based on numbers alone, you had 269 yards from Kyler Murray to Russ's 197 and both had two touchdowns. Very true. Very true. I, I just worry about Kyler moving forward, but we could talk about that later. He was fine. It was just he didn't have the legs going. So, like, I wouldn't even look into the shoulder injury as the problem. His, he rushed only five times for 15 yards. That's the lowest rushing yards he had this whole year. It was just, I think he's afraid of the contact. You know, they don't, they don't want him rushing in case he takes a bad hit, and it really hurts the shoulder to where he can't throw the ball because he's on the sidelines with a warm pack, and he's wincing in between every throw. I mean, I really think that he's struggling with it. It could also no, yeah. be because Drake – back very true very true yeah drake uh drake did well um but yeah what about uh on the other side of the ball on carlos the, hyde How was 79 yards touchdown uh he's back but i'm not sure if we care i don't care uh pete carroll already announced that chris carson will be back next week and i think you fire him up fire i'm up still i would still hold on to hyde if you have him because Chris Carson's coming back after a nagging foot injury. Don't know how he's going to be. He might re-injure himself. You know, I, I don't know. Just wouldn't give up on Hyde yet. Let's see one game from Carson. Yeah, it is a good call. I mean, Chris Carson's foot injury is similar to what put Cam Newton out for the rest of the year last year. So Chris Carson can go in for one play and be like, nope, I don't like this. And he'll be out the rest of the game. So definitely hold on to Hyde. But I wouldn't be very hyped on him right now. More so looking forward to Chris Carson next week. Uh, let's jump into the Browns and Eagles game. Uh, you know, Chubb kind of took the helm on that one. Should Kareem Hunt owners be scared? Kareem Hunt had a nice play, a pretty long burst that got called back with a holding. And uh, that would have been a completely different conversation without it. So I really think that it's still a pretty good split. Uh, going into the playoffs, I would be okay with Kareem Hunt still. He's explosive. Yeah, he was a little bit ineffective this game, but I don't think you should be worried about Kareem Hunt just yet. Yeah, what about Miles, though? He's still I would struggling. be worried. I would be worried. Uh, Boston Scott is starting to... He played well when he was out, when Sanders was out. He's not vulturing enough, but now if Sanders is not going to keep producing, the Eagles' offense is already struggling with Carson Wentz. I, I think... They already said they're going to be going to a committee. I just really think this is going to impact Miles Sanders pretty well. I think you give it one more game. Uh, Cleveland's defense is nothing to be like, nothing to play with. You know what I mean? So I think that like you give it one more week, and if he's still struggling, <laughs> you move on. Yeah. Also, Carson Wentz has had a pretty rough go recently. I think that they're going to lean on the run for a little bit until he can shake off whatever's going on. He's really um, leaning heavily. Like it's almost like a rookie QB style. He's re- leaning heavily on Dallas Goddard these days. And uh, what do you guys feel about Dallas Goddard? Uh, he well, was on our waiver wire last week. He is, but Richard <laughs> Rogers also got a big touchdown grab too. And Zach Ertz could be activated at any moment. Dallas Goddard's great for the situation of where the tight end, where the tight ends are, but. He's all not a strong play if Zacherts comes back. But yeah, he might I be would, the I best you have, have available. 
Yeah, we got some tight ends in the waivers uh, that I would probably rather have moving forward than Goddard. But if you do have him, I think that he's safe to play until Ertz is back. 100% agree with that. Uh, Saints and Falcons. So well, <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody heard. There's this thing going around right now where Taysom Hill <laughs> can go into your tight end spot. And he's a starting quarterback. Not anymore. Not what anymore. He did joke. cut that off because he did not have any tight end plays this game. Or yeah, but next week it's out. But if you got in on that cheat code this week, congratulations. <laughs> you probably uh, won your week. We're delivering free debuts. Now the <laughs> main thing I want to talk about now, since he's been brought back to earth now, because ESPN is going to change it and put him back to only QB. Is he a worry for Alvin Kamara? He rushed for two touchdowns, and Latavius Murray still got a lot of work, too. Is Alvin Kamara now a three-headed back situation? See, the big thing, I, uh, think, I think Alvin's still battling an injury. I'd like, I just don't see – he usually deals well in the face of adversity. He did it with Mark Ingram. He's done it with Latavius Murray for weeks. I mean, it might just be Taysom Hill growing pains, but – I think you might be looking into that injury a little bit more. Yeah, we saw this with Gurley on the Rams, and you know it was very quiet. But all of a sudden, you're like, "Why is my guy not getting all the points anymore?" And it, there was some underlying stuff going on. He could be facing that injury, and Taysom, you know, like you just said, with a rookie QB situation here, he's leaning really heavily on Michael Thomas, and for good reason, obviously. But that can definitely affect Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is still the guy that they trust in the red zone. So he's going to get touchdowns as long as they're down there. But I think you're right. You're, you're kind of in a three-headed back type deal. And uh, he's also really favoring Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is back. Calvin Ridley's back. This is the week of the stud receivers just bouncing back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did an announcement uh, and had a little bit of kickback on Julio Jones not making a top five rest of season. And I said, you know, you got to watch out for that health stuff. When you have those lingering hamstring injuries – you have to watch out for it. And, uh, you know, Julio, it, it definitely showed this game. And uh, he's sitting next week. So I feel like he's been plagued with uh, hamstring injuries his entire career. Yeah, they, they really don't go away, it seems like. And, you know, Ridley is, he's going to be the guy, I think, on this team. And so if you, if you hold on to him through that long absence and didn't trade him away, you're probably going to be in a good spot for your playoff push. Manny Sanders, I think he's still solid wide receiver, too. Uh, Saints quarterbacks can just always feed multiple receivers. Yeah, yeah, I'm not afraid. Um, yeah, Michael Thomas and Manny Sanders, I'd be happy to have both of them, definitely. Uh, let's jump into Washington and uh, the Bengals. Uh, I'm a little scared. Joe Burrow got hurt, and... Uh, both of these receivers looked great under Burrow. Not sure they look great past that. No, this is going to be a hard decline for both Tyler Boyd, AJ Green, uh, Giovanni Bernard, too, because he's a really big passing back. He wasn't really getting it done on the on the ground. I think with the new quarterback coming in, uh, Tyler Boyd is the only one that you're really going to want to trust on this team. Uh, you know, T. Higgins has been awesome, and he is very, very talented. But like we, you know, this, this theme of rookie quarterbacks like to bring one guy and get really comfortable with them. And I think that it's going to be Tyler Boyd. I don't know that it's any of them. I've, if you look at the stats, Ryan Finley got sacked four times. Joe Burrow got sacked zero. What that says to me is that the offensive line isn't as good as we thought it was. And Joe Burrow just is able to move around better in the pocket and has better vision than Finley has. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about Burrow. Uh, later in the injuries, but yeah, I, he's going to be missed on that team for everyone who has players on that team. Oh, I'm really liking Antonio Gibson still. I like, he's probably just outside top five for me. He's getting the volume and he's producing. He averaged 5.9 yards per carry last game. He's part of the passing game a little bit. He got targeted twice. Yeah, fire up your Gibsons if you got them. Uh, the only other thing I really like on the football team is Terry McLaurin is great as long as Alex Smith is around. 
Yeah, I wouldn't completely give up on McKissick yet, but I think he's worth a stash. But yeah, Antonio Gibson, he's like, I think, ranked number nine in ESPN right now. Um, he has been lighting it up, and it looks like that's not stopping anytime soon. And he has some pretty great matchups coming up. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, so Detroit and Carolina. Uh, CMC is not coming back again. So this is, I mean, what you see is what you're going to get. I think you're fine with Mike Davis. He's continues to be startable. Um, just like both the Panthers receivers, you could start DJ Moore. You could start Curtis Samuel. It's not like one or the other anymore. It's just both these guys are going to eat. Robbie Anderson too. He's a little bit more week to week. I think he's matchup dependent. I don't know. I mean, if you look at each receiver was targeted 11, 10 and nine, and going DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and they all had seven, eight catches. There's production there. It's also the Lions, though, so you could just kind of eat against the Lions. It also is the backup quarterback because P.J. Walker was the quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater will be coming back this week now, too. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson is a volume guy, but he – only has one touchdown this year. And I mean, touchdown is where you get your points. And so, you know, you watch your games and you're just waiting for each one of your guys to get their touchdown out of the way. So you can stop worrying. And, you know, Robbie Anderson went from a guy that was either 30 points or zero and to a team where now he has a pretty safe floor usually, but I don't think he has a high ceiling anymore. I think his ceiling's still a little bit higher than any of the, Detroit Lions wide receivers. They're a product of a terrible offense these days. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I felt a little bit apart. about Marvin Jones last weekend. I take back everything I said about him. Yeah, there's literally nobody that you can count on on that team anymore. Matt Stafford included. I mean, I would stay completely away from the Lions altogether. Yeah, even when DeAndre Swift comes back, I'm I'm not interested in any of them. Yeah, not much going on over there. Uh, how about the Pittsburgh and Jacksonville game? James Conner had a bounce back week this week. Yeah, finally. I mean, he was a guy that I was saying to worry about last week. Uh, you know, he he still scored twelve point nine in fantasy, but he looked good. It was promising. It was a little bit better in PPR, but I think you could still start him in standard and be feel safe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I I think it's going to be a little bit safer too with uh, Juju out this week. I'm pretty sure he's going to be out this week. He's questionable, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, One thing to note, though, is that uh, in addition to being kind of a roulette wheel for the Steelers, they uh. They kind of change who the target, the head target is every week. Like one week it's Deontay, one week it's Chase, one week it's Juju. But I think the bigger problem that you're going to have to look out for in the coming weeks is that the Steelers are undefeated. And that once they lock that bye week, they're going to start benching these guys. You think that they're going to bench like Chase Claypool, Deontay to try and keep them healthy and bring in some second round? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they're two games away from clinching. If they end up going 12-0, and 0, I think that is enough to give it to them. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's that a huge the whole worry. Playoffs. Yeah, the whole playoffs are going to be without those guys. Yeah, because you really – I mean, your teams are counting on these guys because they are huge on your team usually. And, uh, I mean, if you're in a keeper league, you know, there there's someone to look out for, like Chase Claypool, if you picked him up late. Uh, obviously did, but, Yeah. And if you're uh, if you're a DJ Shark owner, don't worry, he'll be back. It was just the Pittsburgh defense. What about James Robinson? I think he's fine. I mean, he's getting the volume. He's the only. I think it's like his third week in a row where he's the only one with a rushing attempt on the team. He showed his floor here, and uh, you're not hating it. I mean, seventy-three yeah, rushing yards. He got involved in the passing game. You don't hate that. Yeah, I mean, it, we're week 11, and his lowest game is 11.4 in PPR. I mean, there is much worse with 
you know, they, they went way higher. So I wouldn't be mad about it at all. Plus, Pittsburgh is the number one defense against the rush. Uh, you knew it was going to be a hard matchup walking into it. Um, I would look forward to Cleveland and Minnesota uh, compared to this game. So let's jump into Titans and Ravens. Um, Derrick Henry is a monster, as he always has been. And just watching that game, he was just trucking over people. <laughs> he's definitely back, and I think he's going to continue to be back. He's got the, uh, the best strength of schedule the rest of the way out of elite running backs. Yeah, I remember two weeks ago there were talks of do you trade Delvin Cook for Derrick Henry just due to the playoff schedule alone? And because Derrick Henry was kind of on a low, people were starting to you know feel shaky about him. Um, if you made that move, I don't think that that's the end of the world. If you didn't make that move, it's probably still not the end of the world. But uh, would you rather have Derrick Henry or Delvin Cook for your playoff uh, and your finals? I think it's Delvin Cook. He's matchup proof. Derrick Henry and- has, has been shut down this year. And with the next two weeks going to be without Adam Thielen, might be a little bit more run game. That's very true. I can agree with that, yeah. Yeah, Adam Thielen today just reported with a COVID IR. So uh, he's contracted COVID. So, yeah, we're going to wait for news on that as far as we return. But uh, Justin Jefferson is going to get a huge boost, which he didn't even really need. (laughs) I think he's going to be less of a boost. Boom bust and more of a uh, boom bang kind of guy. Yeah, I'm into it. Justin Jefferson's a stud. Uh, how about Lamar Jackson? How are we feeling? I'm a little shaky on him. He continues to have woes, and uh, even in the good matchups, he's not looking great. Yeah, I haven't really been big on him this year, and I'm just going to continue to stay on that train and uh, worry about him. I, I wouldn't be comfortable starting him uh, week to week. I think he's really a matchup dependent at this point, which is crazy to say. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins has been really carrying the load for that team, and I think he's finally starting to outshine every other back in that backfield. He's going to be the clear starting starter moving forward. Pending, there was uh, another COVID, uh, two COVID positives on the team, both of the other running backs, J.K. Yeah, Dobbins and Mark Ingram. We'll talk about that a little later. Yeah. Um, so on the other side of the ball, uh, Corey Davis, AJ Brown, where are we feeling with them? I think Corey Davis has had one bad week recently and he's just, I think he's moving more and more to the forefront of this offense over AJ Brown. I'm yeah. Not AJ there Brown yet. is getting the end zone looks though. <clears throat> yeah. You got to go with who you trust. I still am going to take A.J. Brown over Corey Davis. I think it's not a long shot, but it's still a decent amount. Brown yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I think if I were in a dynasty league, I'd want Corey Davis. Uh, but right now, you're in the playoffs. You're pushing. You you want A.J. Brown. If you're, if you're me, I would rather have A.J. Brown. How about on the Ravens? You liking any of those receivers? No, uh, Mark Andrews. That's it. I mean, when this besides tight end, just straight off wide receivers, your top ranked wide receiver was Des Bryant. Right. And when was the last time we saw Des Bryant? Yeah. And he already got demoted back to the practice squad. Today, He's so. already back on the practice squad. Yeah. So he the, was uh, the best. So, can, yeah, I, I think the rules in the NFL is that he can be brought back on. I think that that's just a, a roster type deal that they're putting him back down there. It's, it's like three more days and they can put him back on the team, but I'm not counting on Des Bryant to <laughs> be a spot on my team. So yeah, no. Yeah. Mark Andrews is the only guy that I want out of that whole team, probably for a pass catcher. Uh, how about the Houston and Patriots? I think you could finally start Cam Newton and be happy about it. He's having a nice second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah, he is looking promising. It's not as scary. Um, This is, you know, two games. Well, actually, the last four games, I would say, are not terrible starts. I mean, Russ Wilson had a 12-point game in the past four, and Cam Newton, his lowest was a 16. So, and that was against uh, Baltimore. And, like, you... You see him against Buffalo, and he's still got 18 points. I think that he's starting to become 
matchup proof. Yeah, I think they're relying more on his arm, which is a little bit strange because he never really had that in Carolina. But here, he's got a little bit of running game. He's got Damian Harris. I mean, it's not it's no CMC, but Damian Harris is kind of making his way up there and kind of leading this offense now that Rex Burkhead is hurt. Yeah, yeah for once, I never thought I would say I like the New England Patriots running back more than any of the wide receivers. They're just inconsistent right now. There's like a new favorite each week. Yeah, yeah. Jacoby Myers was looking like a hot hand, and that just kind of went away this week. And uh, so I, w- I'm with you. I mean, you always say stay away from the Patriots uh, running backs, but now it's almost like you're targeting them. You, I would want Damian Harris. Well, yeah, with, he's the only one. He's the only and one. now if yeah, he's the only one. And now with Rex Burkett out, I know Rex didn't really run a lot, but he still pulled a lot of the passes. I don't know. I mean, James White, he still had six receptions. I mean, that's big in the past game. If you're in a PPR league, you're having a good time with James White on your flex. It's just not a consistent thing. Yeah, he's not really getting the love. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So, all right. Well, then let's just move on from that. Go into Miami and Denver. Uh, Tua got put out for a little bit. Fitzmagic came back, and he had zero tricks. He almost threw an interception. He did throw, throw an interception. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. He still um, managed to get some balls to Devontae. So if you're a Devontae owner, you I mean, you're all right with that. But two is coming back next week. I think Parker's value remains mostly unchanged. Yeah, Parker's Devontae Parker. Um, and two up. I think he's going to be fine. I don't think that there's going to be any uh, worry about next week as far as performance from the injury. So I think that two is back. Oh, they said, a, they uh, said no injury. They said it wasn't an injury. They just said that uh, it was performance-based entirely. Oh, oh, okay. I thought I thought he had something wrong with his foot. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, someone else. I'm thinking of Bridgewater. Which is fairly strange, which is fairly strange because you start a guy – he wins you two games, and then you pull him out halfway through a game. It, the consistency is just not there. Well, I just I think they're a little bit better than they should be. The Dolphins, like I don't think they're they don't act like a six and four team. Yeah, like, they're how, how they run the team. Yeah, you can almost talk in passing and say the Dolphins are six and four, and you still get looks like, wait, what? They're six and four. <laughs> it's uh, they're kind of quietly a good team. I think that you got to wait for Gaskin to come back and then they might actually be a playoff contender. Yeah. I'm not trusting any running backs uh, besides Gaskin. Yeah. So that definitely Uh, was nothing too impressive this week. No, no, he wasn't. I mean, he's still, uh, I don't think he's a drop candidate necessarily. I think he's still a waiver wire candidate, but it's not it. You didn't get what you wanted out of it. That's for sure. Um, what about on the other side of the ball with Melvin Gordon? You know, he looked impressive, but I think a lot of that just came from the two touchdowns. You'd be fine without him. But if you look at the stats, he actually got less rushes than Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was going to get into too, is that I still don't trust Melvin Gordon. Like he can show me a really good game and I'm not, I'm not buying into it. I'm not going to fall for it. The Broncos are pretty bad overall, and you just have Philip Lindsay knocking at the door the entire time. Who all are you interested in on the Broncos? Uh, Tim Patrick. That's about no, it. I like I, Jerry Judy coming to this season. I just don't see consistency from anybody there. I mean, Melvin Gordon. Philip Lindsay, no. Uh, Drew Locke, I would stay very far away from Drew Locke. Both wide receivers to Patrick and Judy, no. Noah Fant would be the only one I'd reasonably start just because it's really not much better out there. Yeah, I, I am with Kaz on this one. I'm a huge fan of Tim Patrick. Uh, I have been since he kind of started exploding, and I'm still just kind of holding on to that. Um, and we'll, he actually, he's a waiver pickup later in the show, but Tim Patrick is the only guy that I would trust on that. Um, let's jump into the Jets, which is <laughs> the Jets, and the Chargers. Love Justin Herbert. Highs and lows. Love Keenan Allen. 
<laughs> I love Herbert. I love Allen. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Balash did great, but um, Eckler's coming back next week, most likely. So his reign of the three weeks is over. Yeah, yeah. Balash had his fun, but without a doubt, Eckler is going to be the guy. So if you are banking on Balash, do not. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Jamison Crowder, if Joe Flacco is calling the shots, do not play Jamison Crowder. They have no connection. He does not throw him the ball. Sam Darnold is the only guy that really goes for Crowder. And uh, I think that's really all we got to cover between these two teams. Yep, moving on. Packers and Colts. Aaron Rodgers for MVP. <laughs> he cannot be stopped. Except when you throw the MVS in overtime and he fumbles. Yeah, that was uh, tragic for sure. Uh, MVS is looking kind of exactly what we said. Lazard's back. They're working him in. And you see Baldez losing looks, but he's still producing when he gets the ball. Do you guys trust him in a flex? MVS or Lazard? MVS. Either one. No. Neither. I Not yet. Care. Not yet. I'm good either way. Okay. Uh, JTT. I He finally came back to life, but that doesn't mean you trust him because it's obviously a carousel here. It's You don't know who you're going to get. Yeah, it's yeah. Jordan Wilkins. It's Jonathan Taylor. The Heat Hines. Like, yeah. It just depends on the week and – if again, if you don't have many people to start, the best player out of the three would be Jonathan Taylor. And if you need a running back, don't have any other options, start them. But you're really just playing with a loaded gun there. Yeah, I yeah. I would say JT. If you have a safe match, if you're stuck with them, um, Naeem Hines. If you need to shoot for the skies, but I wouldn't play them in any other type of way. Uh, what about Michael Pittman? He's a real fantasy receiver. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he was on our waiver wire last week, and if you picked him up, then congratulations, you got another good week out of him. Um, it's only three going. targets. It's three receptions on three targets, but he looked good. He passes the eye test, and it's just the consistency's there. He's been the past couple of weeks. He's been he's been doing well for you. Yeah, I, I would just watch um, his target share because it is only three, but the last game he had seven, and the last game before that he had four receptions. So he, it, those are normal numbers, and I don't think that you're really worrying. It was just probably a uh, just a weird game for him. Uh, how about the Cowboys and the Vikings? Before I was get, as a seek owner, I was getting a little <laughs> scared. I was getting a little scared. But he showed some signs of life today. Yeah, yeah, finally. Um, it, it's hard. Do you trust him moving forward? Do you think that he's going to keep being Zeke? Because I think you have like to just, trust him moving forward. If you have Zeke, where are you drafting him at? You have to just, this is it. He's good. Keep on going. There's no question about Zeke. Yeah, you I mean, there's a question about him. Zeke, but you're going to start him. But the problem, the question was... Th- the bad quarterback situation. Andy Dalton kind of stepped up. And I think when Zeke has a good quarterback, it motivates him to be a better running back. Well, cause then the, the, it's, I don't want to say it's motivated. It's just like, it gives them some breathing room because when you got a trash quarterback, you're going to run the ball. So you just keep blitzing, you keep stacking the line and you just keep shutting Zeke down. Yeah. You know, cause yeah, I think I, it I wasn't only, that. uh, the, uh, Zeke, it wasn't, it was just a morale issue on the team. I mean, CD came right back alive. Amari came back alive. I mean, you know, these guys definitely are much happier with Andy Dalton. Um, you know, they're, they're really showing it and they're all playing harder. You can see that they're actually trying to make the plays a lot more. They're more explosive. So I think the Cowboys receivers and running back are back. Yeah. They got that W. Yeah. And then on, uh, on the Viking side of the ball, Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen is great. Absolute monster. (laughs) What a monster. Just to disappoint his 
owners by getting COVID and being out for the next two weeks. Why couldn't he just wear his mask? <laughs> like, when you really, really need those numbers, you're like, oh, he's back, yes! Adam Thielen's going to get me to the playoffs, going to get me to the ship. And he's out for the next two weeks, so... I mean, you should have him first week of playoffs if you make playoffs and have him, so, you know, look forward to that. Uh, Justin Jefferson's looking in for a great haul now. Uh, Kyle Rudolph might even be, or it's uh, Irv Smith Jr. might be in for a little bit of uptick. I don't know if you trust either of them, but again, you might not have a choice. Uh, Last year, it was Irv Smith toward the end of the year, if you guys remember. Uh, He kind of really lit up his numbers. And so if they follow that same trend, I think it's Irv Smith over Kyle Rudolph, but I wouldn't throw my chips at either of them until I see it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really all it is. I mean, Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook. He is matchup proof. Like you guys said, um, Alexander Madison, depending on if they rest him later is, you know, a guy that you're going to want, but he's probably already drafted and handcuffed. And, uh, other than that, what do you guys feel about Kirk Cousins moving forward? I mean, he's kind of showing some life. He's had a few good games in a row. I won't ever start Kirk Cousins. Oh, if he's facing anybody in the NFC East, you could start Kirk Cousins. That's fair. All right. I'll take both of those. Uh, let's jump into the Chiefos and Raiders. Uh, it was a nice little bounce back from Clyde. Uh, the entire offense looked like the Clyde and Tri- Tyreek and Travis show. Those three men just dominated this game. I'm going to say it was a must-need bounce back from Clyde because he was really scaring everybody Uh with just his attempts and with everything. I mean, now he's, he's back up. His numbers are up again. Um, you know, still only 69 yards and this is still a very much passing offense, but it's nice to see him get some love again. Yeah. I mean, even with Le'Veon getting a touchdown, Clyde was still able to produce. Yeah. Tyreek is going to, I think he's going to continue that explosiveness. He, he had another touchdown look that he just couldn't quite get to. Uh, he was, the ball was a little bit too far in front of him, but that would have been an even way bigger game, and it would have just been the Tyreek show if that had happened. Um, There's not too many corners about that can stop Tyreek Hill. No, no one can even keep up with him. But what about on the other side of the ball? I am I mean, really they, loving Mel- Agal- Nelson Aguilar. Jacobs was a okay. bit underwhelming. Got the touchdown. But he yeah, didn't do yeah, too much I'm after not, that. It, it kind of did like devolve into a shootout after that though. Like he got the first touchdown and then they just started throwing the ball. There was some gunslinging going on. Yeah. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, he had those three amazing games and then people finally bought in and then he had that dud. So everyone pulled out again. And now I think that that one dud game was what it was. It was a fluke, uh, bad game. And he is going to be just fine. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is a guy that if he's sitting on the wire, I'd target him. Um, he's a guy that I want on my team. Solid wide receiver too. Absolutely. All right. Well then with that, let's jump into the injuries. We have a lot of them this week, so I'm going to try and breeze through them. Uh, let's see. We'll start with the QBs. Joe Burrow had his horrible leg injury. It was a tackle that went pretty low. He tore his ACL and MCL. Uh, he tweeted immediately that he is going to be back next year and thank you for the prayers and all the thoughts. And so really wishing him the best recovery. Uh, that was a really nasty hit. They refuse to continue showing it as they do. So I just, I hope for a speedy recovery for Joe Burrow and for his team. Um, Drew Brees, he's IR uh, with the ribs and lungs. So that means that you are probably going to have Taysom Hill if he keeps it up. Uh, or Jameis Winston for the next three plus weeks. So, how do you like Taysom Hill as just a flat out quarterback? You starting him? I think that we are looking at a different number this week because it was against the Falcons than we would be against a lot of other teams. But on the plus side of that is that Taysom Hill has the Falcons again next week. So, if you are in a quarterback situation where you have an injury at quarterback or you're just not trusting yours, I think you throw him on the bench for a week and you can throw him right back into where he left off. It's going to be all right. Uh, yeah. I further think than that, plug and play. Yeah. I think this upcoming matchup is going to be where you see what he actually looks like as a quarterback, as opposed to facing the Falcons. Um, Kyler Murray, uh, AC joint. He should be okay. 
uh, you know, coach is talking about monitoring it. It has been affecting his gameplay a bit. Uh, we've seen it for the past two weeks, like we said earlier, with the hot packs on the sidelines, wincing when he throws, um, not running as much as to not get hit, if that's what it is. But Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray, and unless he is out, you are starting him, and you're not worried about it. Uh, Nick Foles is doubtful for Week 12. The Chicago Bears can never, ever catch a break at quarterback, so they're looking at working out uh, Maserati Mitch's shoulder. Hopefully they can bring him back. Uh, <laughs> Maserati Mitch. <laughs> they, need, they, need so, they, need, they need something. I just need to throw that into the universe. As, well, you the know. thing is with Maserati Mitch is that he's uh, he won the games that he played, man. And then they brought Foles in and like he's done what he's done. But you definitely don't want that third string. I don't even know his name, but that was one of the most awful football plays I've ever seen was that man playing football. Yeah, I'm, honestly, I can't believe I'm saying it, but as a hometown Bears fan, I'm really, really hoping that Mitch can just come back. Uh, they were wins. They were ugly wins, but W's are W's. And yeah, yeah well, uh, they need to It's not something. a good year when you're begging, when you're begging for Trubisky pick. Yeah. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, questionable, but, you know, monitor practice. As long as he's practicing tomorrow, he'll likely be back. I feel he'll uh, play to, uh, if he was about to play and they scratch him as the game was about to start. So I feel like you have a good chance of getting him for next week. Are you guys afraid of starting him? Uh, no, I, I, I mean, with how well the backup did, I think Bridgewater is better. And I think he's startable, especially without CMC. There's going to be more yeah. passing going on. He's a low-end starter. Even with CMC, um, because you have all of those quick pla- uh, quick passes right into the end zone, um, I, I'm a fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I would start him as long as he's healthy. Uh, Tua will start next week. No worries there. Um, and then end of the running backs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is not going to make it to next week's outing again. Uh, Rex Burkhead, no official release on an ACL tear after an MRI, but he did not leave Houston with his team, so it's not looking good. Like we said, we stay away from the running backs on the Patriots, unless it is Damian Harris. Um, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are on the COVID list, so fire up your Gus bus because he's going to be all right for a little bit. Uh, Deontay Swift is out with a concussion. Joe Mixon is on the IR, which means three more weeks of Giovanni Bernardi. And uh, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Chris Carson is questionable for week 12, but according to Pete Carroll, he's going to play. So if he plays, you absolutely start Chris Carson. Talks of Eckler return, which is awesome. Talks of Raheem Mostert return, which is awesome. Uh, LaMichael Perrine has a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for multiple weeks. This makes Frank Gore the bell cow. And uh, Frank Gore is the oldest time himself, but you can trust him to <laughs> just gonna keep on trucking like he always does. <laughs> he just he he's never a bad option as running back. No, he he is amazing. I'm a huge Frank Gore fan just for his sustainability out there. But uh, yeah, that's that's it for running backs. Uh, wide receivers: Julio Jones, lingering hamstring issue. He's been dealing with it. He's doubtful for Week 12. So that does heavily impact other players like Russell Gage for the next little bit. Um, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Adam Thielen is, like we said earlier, on the COVID list. So, yeah, he's going to be out for a bit. Uh, Randall Cobb, doubtful for week 12. Uh, he actually he actually is going to be out for the season. They Who's came that? Out, uh, Randall Cobb. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they said he's going to be out for the season. A lot of respect for Randall Cobb. He's an amazing player on and off the field and has been doing it for a very long time. So hopefully he can recover and, uh, you know, just jump into like announcing or something. <laughs> yeah, you, he's definitely amazing. Uh, Kenny Stills, questionable return. Juju, he did not return to the game after that injury. He's questionable for week 12. Uh, but yeah, if he's out, Claypool and Deontay are going to get a lot more looks, and it may be less of a one-person show. Yeah, play them with your uh, with your two weeks left that you got them. Absolutely. Uh, on tight end, Jonah Smith uh, exited briefly but came back in the game with his foot wrapped. He's likely to play. Uh, Greg Olson 
is not likely to play. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, that's not really affecting you much in the tight end world, but it is sad to see him go down. Um, on defense, the Ravens have a possible COVID outbreak. So just monitor that. It was a huge outbreak amongst the, the entire team. So we're going to be monitoring that as the week progresses. And with that, we will jump into the waivers. Uh, Tua, surprisingly, is only 38% owned. If he's there, he's facing the Jets, who have clearly just... It's not even like they've given up. They just can't do it. They don't have the weapons. They don't have anyone healthy to do it. Uh, This is an easy matchup for Tua. I would say definitely pick him up. Uh, Derek Carr, you saw what Taysom Hill just did to Atlanta. And Derek Carr is 38% owned. He is a fine fill-in. Daniel Jones, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he has been playing better. Uh, he is safe, and he's only 17% owned. And uh, that's really it it's that I'm seeing for quarterbacks that I'm going to trust in these very important matchups. Uh, for running back, Gus Edwards, obviously, with yeah, uh, and J.K. Dobbins out. It, it, there'll be some volume there. Uh there's just no one else to vulture from him except for Lamar Jackson. So I think it's a very solid pickup for two weeks. Well, it might even be one week. I don't know if Ingram and Dobbins are just out because of close contact and they might be eligible for next week game or if they tested positive. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, either way, if you are starving for running back, uh, Gus Edwards is safe. It doesn't seem like Lamar is uh, a surefire vulture every single time anymore. So you can probably count on him. Uh, James White on the Patriots is 36% owned. He's not an effective rusher, but like Naeem Hines, he's heavily involved in a pass game. And with Rex out, I think that you're going to see more of that. Uh, Frank Gore, surprisingly, he is only 9% owned. Who would have thought? But well, he should only be 9% owned, but now he should absolutely. be owned a little bit more. Yeah, now he's a bell cow. Um, he's not going to have an explosive game, but he's going to have volume and that's going to give you a decent floor. So if you are facing a team that you just need to play it safe to beat them, Frank Gore is not the worst option at running back that you could possibly go with. Uh, Wayne Gallman on the Giants, he's 34% owned. Uh, he's TD dependent, but... Wayne Gallman is my best friend. He, that man has been productive the last couple of times he's been playing. You start, you got to get Wayne Gallman if he's, if he's out there. Yeah, that is, you know, as of today, he's still only 34% owned. A lot of people gave up on the Giants, like, in general, outside of the Stars. And uh, you can pick him up again for your push. So, stashes, uh, like we were talking about, where teams are going to start sitting their studs, resting them, uh, they're locking in playoffs, whatever. I believe that Jamal Williams is a solid stash. Carlos Hyde, because of the Carson foot injury, you keep him. Uh, Tony Pollard, I mean, I... Zeke looked great out there, but if later in the year they decide that they just want to rest him for next year and wait for Dak to come back, they might do that. Uh, Alexander Madison is just Delvin Cook light. The guy is amazing. So if they decide that Delvin Cook has done enough or if Delvin Cook gets hurt again, like he almost has the past couple games, uh, you got Madison right there ready for it. And Latavius Murray is not as much of a stash as he is just a guy you can almost play in your flex because he's been doing great in getting points. I mean, he outrushed Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is still the goal line guy, but Tavius Murray is getting a lot of attention. Um, at the wide receiver, um, Lazard, 32% owned. They're, I think they're easing him back in. Uh, Going to see a lot more. Uh, we talked about Michael Pittman, 25% owned. Just get on board with him. If you're not Tim Patrick, like I said, the only Denver guy I'd want. He's only 14% owned right now in ESPN. Uh, Jalen Rager, in Philly, he's 22% owned, second in targets after a long absence. He faces Seattle. Uh, they give up the pass a lot. It looks like a good matchup for him. Uh, Russell Gage, if Julio Jones is out, is a 10% rostered person that you can put in a flex spot. On tight end, Jordan Reed is 12% rostered. And after a long absence, he came back with great volume, second in targets on the team. As long as Kittle is out, you are going to plug and play Jordan Reed in the tight end zone. Uh, Robert Tunyon, he is 33% owned still somehow. He's the number six tight end in the league, and it's a wasteland, so pick him up. Dalton yeah, Schultz. Just weeks he just goes off. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, but he has a much higher ceiling than a lot of the other tight ends. And it doesn't seem like his floor is as bad as all of the other tight ends because everyone's floor is who knows. Uh, Dalton Schultz with Andy Dalton back is uh, looking good again. He's only 25% rostered. Uh, the volume's up to save time to roster him. He's getting the points. And then I would say just keep an eye on Jordan Akins moving forward. Um, looking like he may take a, a primary role in that committee tight end field. He doubled all of the touches of his other two counterparts. So just keep an eye on Jordan Akins. And then for defense, uh, New York Giants against Cincinnati. They're facing a new quarterback. Might be able to take advantage of that. Uh, Green Bay against Chicago, potentially another new quarterback situation, or it's Mitch Trubisky with a shoulder injury. So, I mean, you're probably safe playing Green Bay. Miami versus the Jets. Uh, Last time Miami shut out the Jets and the Jets have only lost players and have gotten worse as a team, averaging only 14 points per game. This is a safe bet. Uh, New Orleans versus Denver. The Broncos have the most turnovers in the league. And with Locke battling an injury and the Saints morale being way up with Taysom, it just seems like they are going to be playing hard this game. Uh, And then lastly, Seattle versus Philly. Uh, Wentz is having a terrible year. He is 14 interceptions and 40 sacks, which are both league leaders. So uh, they just had a great game, Seattle, and they're looking to keep up that momentum. And uh, yeah, with that pretty much does it for the waiver wires. So we're going to get into the drops. Who are the guys that you are no longer counting on? Um, for myself personally, I would say Mark Ingram. Uh, he's not going to get worked back into that lead role even when he comes back. Uh, he's already upset you for a couple weeks, so I would say it's safe to just let him go. Um, Matt Stafford, pretty sure you guys can agree on that one. He's... He's just not yeah, doing he's, anything he's, for you. He's not trustable. Yeah. Uh, Travis Fulgham, I know, Kaz, you're going to have a problem with this one, but I'm more so not trusting Wentz than I'm not trusting Fulgham, and this is now three weeks that he's just taking up room on your bench or letting you down. I uh, can agree plenty. with that. I, I like yeah. Travis Fulgham, but uh, if you if you don't have deep benches, you probably got better options yeah. out there. Congrats to anybody that sold him high. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> uh, he was looking good for a minute and everybody wanted him. Uh, another one on the drop list. Uh, this is going to be controversial, but I'm saying Jared Cook. He has under four receptions in the past three weeks. That's including Breeze. Uh, he has even less than that in points in Standard League. So that's virtually three goose eggs in a row that you're looking at. Uh, we've already got a few tight ends on our waiver wire list that have already gotten over 10 points in those weeks. So it may be time to give up on one Jared thing, Cook One right thing now. to look out for, though, is that the Saints, uh, the best Saints tight end actually got taken away from them. So they, Jerry Cook is now the lead tight end in New Orleans again. Taysom Hill only threw one pass to Jerry Cook in a yeah, game I, where he was throwing a lot of passes. I'm not. I was making a joke about Taysom Hill being oh, the tight okay. end. Like I think. Okay. <laughs> I was, yeah. Never mind. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Jameson Crowder. Now, I- I'm kidding, but seriously, don't start him unless Darnold is out. And even when Darnold is out, make sure that they reconnect on that. I- when Darnold is in. All right. I still am not trusting to start him when these games count. Uh, but, you know, if, he, if you have to, he definitely has had like over 10 points, even in standard, every time Darnold's in. So his floor is very safe. Uh, but on the other end of a star player who is just not on everyone's radar, J- uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, some difficult matchups in very important weeks of the finals. It just doesn't make me want to even have him as a needed start. I think that he's going to be a letdown in the very end. Uh, three poor weeks in a row, not including the buy. So that's four weeks that he's just been sitting on your roster, taking up a spot. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry is a safe drop. All right. And with that, we are going to get into sit, start shotgun of week 12. Nizi is going to take us through some key players and we're going to decide very quickly whether or not we would start or sit him. Go ahead. All right. Well, first off, we're going to start with Daniel Jones. He's facing Cincinnati, who's allowing the seventh most 
points to quarterbacks. Are we sitting there starting Daniel Jones? I am sitting Daniel Jones. I'm going to give him a start, and I'm going to look back at his numbers next week to see that I was right or not, because I do have him on a waiver wire list for that reason specifically, so I want to see him actually pop off. I'm starting Daniel Jones. All right, consensus is start Daniel Jones. Moving on to Carson Wentz with a tasty matchup against Seattle, who are allowing the second highest points to QBs. Are we starting Carson Wentz? I am staying far away from Carson Wentz. I don't care if he's facing a high school team. I'm not I am starting not, Carson Wentz. I'm not starting Carson Wentz. I mean, you can tell me that he's coaching a high school team today, and I would be okay with that. Carson Wentz, no thank you. We are sitting Carson Wentz. All right, moving on to Matt Stafford. We talked a little bit before. Uh, he's facing Houston, who's about a mid-range Defense are allowed in the 14th most QB points. Are we starting Matt Stafford? No. Sitting Matt Stafford. Yeah, I'm staying away from Matt Stafford. We just talked about him. He's got nothing going for him at the moment. Now, this one's going to be a weird one. Matt Ryan, he's facing the Raiders. He allows the 12th, or they're allowing the 12th most points to QBs. Are we starting Matt Ryan after a down week? I am starting Matt Ryan. You saw what Russell Wilson did after a down week. He scored over 20. I am starting Matt Ryan. I think that this game is going to be a shootout. Uh, Derek Carr likes to throw. Matt Ryan likes to throw. I'm going to start Matt Ryan. All right. Consensus is start Matty Ice. Moving on to wide receivers. Well, we're going to do all the can, uh, Carolina wide receivers. We're going to start with DJ Moore first. They're all facing Minnesota, which allowed the fourth highest points to wide receivers. Are we starting DJ Moore? Can I just consensus say I'm starting all these guys against Minnesota? Yeah, we could do that. I am consensusly only starting DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I'm with you on that. Moore and Samuel, um, especially Samuel for me. Okay, so Samuel and DJ Moore are definitely starts, and there's only one start for Robbie Anderson. Moving on, now we're going to be doing the Tennessee Titans wide receivers. A.J. Brown and Corey Davis against a tough matchup of the Colts. They allow the seventh fewest points to wide receivers. Are we starting A.J. Brown? I am starting A.J. Brown over Corey Davis. I'm I'm starting starting. A.J. Brown, and I'm not sure if I'm starting Corey Davis. The matchup is difficult, and A.J. Brown, the only reason I start him is because he's probably going to get the end zone looks. I just don't see them both eating. So I'm going to go with just A.J. Brown and sitting Corey Davis. Yeah, with Darius Leonard in that secondary, you just got to watch out starting anybody against the Colts. All right, moving on to D.J. Chark versus Cleveland, who's allowing the six most points to wide receivers. Now, with his current quarterback situation, it's hard to want to start him, but that's a pretty good matchup. But I think I'm sitting him this week. I want to see him have a week in double-digit points. Luton likes him. I think I'm starting Shark. I got the faith. Yeah, I'm starting Shark. I mean, I'm not. It's not like I'm starting Cole over him. Um, uh, and I, I think that Shark is going to go off. All right, we are starting DJ Shark. The consensus, at least. Uh, moving on to the, oh sorry, uh, moving on to the Cowboys wide receivers, uh, Mari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. They're both facing Washington, who allow the second least points to wide receivers. Are we starting Amari Cooper? I think I'm sitting both. I, I think after watching last game, I would only start C.D. Lamb. I'm on the opposite. I'm only starting Amari Cooper. We are undecided. <laughs> yes, that one is a crapshoot. All right, moving on to some running backs that we talked about. Marco P-, P. Ryan getting hurt. So what about Frank Gore versus Miami, who allowed the 13th most points to running backs? Are we starting Frank Gore? I cannot believe that this is even like a question. Are you starting Frank Gore? Um, if you have to, given the landscape. I would start Frank Gore against Miami. Absolutely. I got him as a low-end RB2. Nice. Fl- if, you, if you're starting him in the flex, I'm starting Frank Gore. Anywhere else, I'm questioning it. I think there's wide receivers that you would start over Frank Gore in the flex. 
Yeah, I would only be starting Frank Gore as a running back if there's like nothing else. Yeah, if my team is on a COVID deal or or an injury or just yeah, he's the last resort. All right, moving on to Duke Johnson. Two weeks in a row of disappointing. He's now facing Detroit, which allowed the most points to running backs. Are we starting Duke Johnson against this tasty, tasty, tasty matchup? I'll give him one more shot. Let's fire him yeah. up. Start Duke Johnson. Yeah, you get three strikes in in football, apparently. <laughs> I just feel you have you have to start this matchup, even though he's been disappointed. There's just no reason you don't start this matchup. All right, yeah. and now we we talked about him a little bit before. Damian Harris versus the Cardinals. They allow the 12th fewest points to running backs. Are we starting Damian Harris? I am so up on Damian Harris. Absolutely, I'm starting Damian Harris. Yeah, I'm he starting him so too. He's tra- he's, the trend is nice. The matchup's okay. Let's give it a yeah, go. The only one there. Vulture. Yeah, he's the only one Giving him the ball. I, I, I would start him too. I think uh, I think he's in for a good, a good uh, workload. All right, because that's to say start. So we're moving on to our final two running backs, Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. We talked about them last week, and then each week it's still kind of up in the air. Both of them ate last week. They're both facing the Patriots, which they allow the 17th fewest points to running backs. Are we sitting or starting Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake? I'll start either one of them, I think. Neither. No, no, no. I'll start. I'd start either one. I'd start both of them. Oh, you start both. I'm not happy to start them, but I think that like they're just both safe. I guess it's the way. I feel you have to start them both. It's a high powered offense. There's going to be some scoring. They both got to get a touchdown last week. I think there's a chance that can happen again. Yeah, I I think that you're right. You start both. Um, I said Kenyon Drake over Chase Edmonds last week, and they virtually had the same points. So. Um, they're both a start, and especially on that offense. And Kyler's now running as much. So, yeah, you're definitely starting them. All right. Well, let's move on to our locks of the week. Eric, let's hear yours first. All right. So, last week, I called out Russell Wilson as my lock of the week. He scored just over 20 points, uh, two touchdowns. I'm going to say that that is a good call. And this week, I'm going to roll with the connection that I saw with Taysom Hill and Michael Thomas. So Michael Thomas is going to be my lock of the week. I think that Taysom is going to feed him and force feed him the ball over and over and over again. Um, it's definitely going to pop off. All right, Kaz, your lock of the week. Uh, it's, for me, it's got to be Antonio Gibson. Uh, he's been consistently great, and he's got a pretty great matchup against Dallas here. They're struggling against the run. They're probably the second or third worst against the run here. And uh, he's just going to eat. All right. I am going with Nick Chubb. I think he's going to literally and figuratively run away with this running back position. I do not see Hunt being anything but the passing down back. I feel Chubb is just going to tear it up. Yes, I agree with that. 100%. All right. Well, that does it for... Our show of fantasy football, and as promised, we are going to give you guys the best beer review you ever got on the <laughs> Crambiscus Holiday Ale with cranberries and hibiscus from Mars Brewing. This is a 6.5% ale. Uh, it's got a lot of fruity notes in the front. What do you guys think of it? First sip, wasn't a fan. Every sip after that, loved it. I'm going to be completely honest. I have a pretty good review. Uh, I'm giving it a solid three. First sip was rough, but yeah, I think what really detracts from it for me is that it advertises hibiscus, but I'm get it's very cranberry forward, and that's about all I'm getting out of this beer. Yeah, I couldn't tell in the very beginning if it was cranberry or like chocolate covered cherry, and it like confused my brain, and I was just instantly like out of it, like I don't like this. But the more that I drank it, the more I started to appreciate. Uh, all the notes. I'm going to give it a solid three. Um, this is a beer that I, I can drink multiple of and not, you know, hate it. I'm not going to give it away to somebody. So yeah, a three. This, this is a nice drinker. I'm going to go three and a half. Dude. What's bumping me up to that half point is it's heavy and it's making me feel like it's Thanksgiving dinner. You know, full, relaxed. 
I'm enjoying it, you know? I may regret it later. I don't know yet. I'm going to give it a 3.25 for label points because the more I look at this thing, like I really, really like the artwork and the play on Krampus. Did, did you see on the on the bottom of it, it says, are you on the naughty list? Yeah, yeah. And like the, those little tiny uh, attention to detail stuff. Yeah. That's Mars in a nutshell. Mars very well. Yeah, very, very good well labels. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know what? you Cranberry is such a tart flavor to begin with. It's not really necessarily your first fruit flavor that you're going to roll with. And uh, we did this in honor of the holidays. So uh, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. We knew what it was going to be. And I think that it would not be weird to show up with this at Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so, all right, that is our show for today. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you guys can follow us on our socials on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at sit, start, drink. Uh, I hope we gave you guys a lot of information. There was a lot to take in this week, uh, especially with the injuries and the waivers and stuff. Uh, thank you guys for sticking through and hopefully we helped you guys push those playoffs. Good luck to everybody. And thanks again for listening. See you next week. Drink. Thanks.